Hello, this is international football commentator Derek Ray. And make no mistake, this is your source for all things black and gold. Football just wouldn't be football without Berwick Rangers. Stand by for this edition of the Let It BRFC podcast. Welcome to the Let BRC podcast. I'm Adam Hunter, and joining me, of course, in duties today is Kevin Haynes. Hi, Kev. Hi, you all right? How's it going? You all right? <clears throat> good, good. Um, busy week. Yeah, it's been good. What have you been up with? Just um, had a lot of work done in the house this week, so I think it's official that every single room in the house has been done during lockdown. So my wife's wild. She's honestly, she's. I think she's painted the whole twice. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's just kind of sit still. So, ah, uh, it's been a busy week. Great. Uh, in terms of guests this week, we will have Dave Smith, former Aberdeen Rangers, Barrett Rangers, and Scotland legend. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm fine. Fine. Good. Thanks for coming on. Um, and we we'll also have Ian Smith, former Dundee, Aloha, Meadowbank Thistle winger, and Championship win hero Barrett Rangers. Hello. You all right? Good morning to you, young man. How are you? Yes, I'm good. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, so, Dave, starting with yourself, you started your professional career, uh, playing career sorry, with, with Aberdeen. What was it like at Aberdeen at that time? Well, at that time, Aberdeen were uh, sort of middle-of-the-table team. And uh, the beauty of going to Aberdeen was the young chaps got a good, a good uh, opportunity to play. If you were good enough, you'd get a game. But... Uh, as far as the manager was concerned, and that it was Tommy Pearson originally, but when Eddie Turnbull came, things started to change. The training, and everything started to change, and I would say Eddie Turnbull was before his time, really. And uh, it was only a matter of time before he would make success at Aberdeen, and he did by winning the cup, you know. So. And yourself, you moved into or moved on to Rangers in 1966. What was the reason behind that move? The reason being that we wanted to win things and uh, there was too many players at Aberdeen that were just there to pick up their wages, basically. They, well, they weren't good enough, you know, and uh, see, going to the Rangers, well, it was a fresh start, you know. And I had a brother who died at 26 and he supported Rangers and I always said I would play for Rangers. So he died in 63, actually, so he never actually saw me play for Rangers, but uh, that was the reason. I mean, before I moved to Rangers, Eddie Turnbull said, you're not going to Rangers, you can go to uh, Everton, or you can go to Tottenham. But he says, you're not going there. And I spoke <laughs> to Harry Catterick, and I spoke to Bill Nicholson, but uh, I told him I really wanted to go to Rangers. So I said no to them both. The wages I got offered from Everton and Tottenham were probably two and a half times what I was getting for Rangers. I mean, in England they were paying, well, at that time, about 200 quid a week, you know, and uh, Aberdeen were on 28 pound a week. Well, <laughs> Aberdeen were on 24 pound, actually. I was getting 28. I was getting paid more than the rest of them, actually. But they um, say, I was there to the, I joined Rangers the day before the season started. 
I mean, the team sheets went up at Petaudry on the Friday, and my name was on it. And Davy Shaw was a trainer, and he says, uh, he says, the manager wants to see you. And when I went down, he says, be at Perth at one o'clock at the station hotel. And I says, it's 12 o'clock now. He says, oh, well, just get there as soon as you can. He was going down, but he never offered me a lift, you know, so. <laughs> and after I signed for Rangers, I used to come home to Aberdeen at weekends in the train. Now Aberdeen would be on it some days when they were playing in Glasgow or Stirling or wherever. And he wouldn't let the players speak to me. He just told them, on you go, on you go, if you're sitting in the dining room. He just said, get going, get going. At that time, it used to take three, three hours to get to Aberdeen in the train. And, uh, oh, maybe longer than that, actually, because there was two sittings for high tea. And Aberdeen used to go in the first one. We used to go in the second one. The boys for Clyde and that for Aberdeen used to be there as well. But when we were sitting there, they had to march past and you wouldn't speak. And that happened for about six months. Well, for until the following summer. And I was walking up Union Street with my wife and well, my girlfriend at the time. And this horn was teething. I looked, he pulled into the side and I looked and it was him. But then on you were like best friends. But, uh, for that whole season he never spoke to us, you know. So that was him. But he was a good manager. Uh, what was the what was the reason, Dave, that you didn't go down south? Because I wanted to play for Rangers. Is that just the only like obviously that I take it the money that they were offering is life changing money. Um Well in England you would have been better off. Uh, aye. I mean, I was a lot better off at Rangers than I was at Aberdeen, but uh, but uh, down south it would have been probably looking back, you'd say, oh, I should have went down south. But, no, and Everton and Tottenham had good teams at the time, you know. Dave, Dave who were the Rangers players at that time in that team? Oh well, it was who was then Richie in goal, Kaya right. Hansen, Davy Proven, Greggy, Roy McKinnon. We were well, Jimmy Miller was still there, but he was doing his way out. Uh, Davey Wilson. All right, Holy so there's Prince. some good players Holy in there. There's some right George good Mc players there. Jim, Jim Forrest and George McLean. I mean, they played at Berwick, but they never kicked another ball for Rangers after the Berwick when we would beat <laughs> Berwick, you know. Is that right? They never kicked another ball, no. Oh, and we, we reached the final of the Cup Winners' Cup that year. That's right. Jim Forrest. <laughs> Jim Forrest had still been with us, we would have won it. But he played Roger Hind at centre forward. And Roger, I mean, Roger gave everything he had. Roger, Roger yeah. Hind at centre forward? Uh, he always, oh, he played a few, uh, quite a few games, Roger. Aye. Aye. He was a fairly robust player, wasn't he? Well, he gave everything he had. I mean, he was a football player. I mean, he, no. he was more suited to his original position as centre half. But, I remember in the final against Bayern Munich, he'd going to the violin and cutting it back, and he fluffed his shot. But I'd like to Jim Forrest would have hit it in the net in a second, you know. Uh -huh. But it's all what would have been. But uh, no, Jim Forrest and George McLean both got raw deals because it was only because they never scored at Berwick, you know. And the thing was, it wasn't just them that were playing at Berwick. We're all playing, or we're all there anyway. Whether we're all playing, I don't know. But, <laughs> What did the manager say to you in the change rooms after that game, Dave? No, never said nothing. <laughs> no. I mean, 
the manager doesn't need to say anything because the players know. I just it. wonder. <laughs> I mean, we we went down the night before and everything as well, so the preparation and everything was the same as normal. We stayed at North Berwick the night before that the Marine. Is it a Marine? I think it is. Aye, the Marine Hotel. Aye. Aye. <coughs> but we stayed there the night before, so everything was. Then it wasn't so. I mean, Berwick won fair and square, but. I mean, if you if you were going to look at the full game, you'll find that it was Rangers, Rangers, Rangers. Just couldn't put the ball in it. Therefore, McLean and Forrest got the blame for it, but it wasn't their fault at all. So, well, I'm saying it wasn't their fault. It was their fault. It was not only theirs, it was everybody else's as well. So, Did you realise at that time how much of a, a cup upset it was and it, that obviously it's going to be spoken about for... Every time Rangers get beat, it's an upset, so... <laughs> if you'd had Hainsy playing for you, you would have been all right. You should have had Hainsy playing that day. You would have scored more than you. That's a problem. Hey, Hainsy. Uh, well, I, I, if you say so, I... That was the biggest mistake, no signing you. If they signed you, they'd been all right, they'd won the game. You probably weren't even, you probably weren't even born at that time. Probably not. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> What what can you remember from that day, Dave? Quite honestly, yeah, I can't remember yesterday, but no, I would say, <laughs> I mean, it always sticks in the back of your mind. I mean, people talk to you and say, oh, I remember this game, and I, oh, you played well. And I, what people forget is, do I remember the bad games? Well, the players do. Well, I do anyway. I remember bad games more than I remember good games, because the bad games you never forget. I could, I could add, I, I suppose, there's so many good games, you're bound to not remember them all, but the bad games, there was a lot of them, I know. <laughs> and I remember bad games more than I do good games. I can remember the result coming up on the teleprinter. Remember you used to have it on the telly? You used to have the teleprinter, all the results coming on, and it came in, the score came in, better Rangers won, Rangers nil. Everybody's going down for it. it. Uh, no. As you mentioned, in the in the same season, you reached the European Cup Winners' Cup final uh, against Bayern Munich, uh, and and that team included Franz Beckenbauer and Jude Muller, amongst others. Um, and you lost one nil after after extra time. What was that experience like overall? Well, that was see. We also played in '72 when we won it. Now the '72 final, although we won it, the '67 was actually a better final, and as much as the organisation in that. I mean, uh, in 67, after the game, there was a big banquet with both teams, obviously, there. And in 72, we were handed a cup and told to get, get out. You know, basically, that was it. So, no, the 67 was probably a better final. And we possibly should have won. So, it's a, a bit like when we played at Berwick, we maybe should have won. But at the end of the day, we didn't win. And people talk about the Berwick game. Well, Ranger supporters probably don't, but the Berwick ones would. And uh, they never really speak much about the 67 one. No. Yeah. Most Rangers supporters couldn't tell you the team in 67. They could tell you the team in 72. No. So it's only winners at Rangers listen to really you know yeah and you said that you think a lot of the backlash from the the Berwick game had a, an impact on that final um with players never kicking the ball again well as I say if Jim Forrest had been playing I think we would have won it 
the other thing uh, probably was with Celtic winning the, the European Cup the week before. Yeah. We seven days before we played in the final, which put extra pressure on, I suppose. But, uh, I mean, I'm saying it, it probably put on extra pressure. But uh, I never ever felt pressure when I was playing football because I just enjoyed playing football. So it didn't put pressure on me. But uh, some of the players, you see, the present Rangers team, for example, they kind of handle pressure. Uh, basically, they're not good enough for Rangers, quite a lot of them. Uh, or I say quite a lot of them liberally because I don't believe as very many of them are capable of playing for Rangers or are good enough to play for Rangers. But again, the present day, well, they say present day football's changed. It has changed to a certain extent, but at the end of the day, what have you got to do? You've got to score goals. Did you, in the opposition. Did you were never under any pressure. You were too busy going to be not making people left, right, and centre <laughs> on the park. Well, you Ian, you've, got to, you've <laughs> got to enjoy playing. If you don't enjoy exactly. playing, I mean, I never, ever, I never ever told any of you to go out there and do this, do that, no. or do this, do that. No, just play. Go out and play. And if you don't play well enough, it's your own fault, not my fault. Though I do remember you once tried to nutmeg a boy at Burnt Island. And you didn't nutmeg him. The boy took the ball for you in the first couple of minutes and then put the ball in the net and we're one nil down. Remember that one? Oh, I can't remember. I did that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we eventually won the game. We eventually won the game with 7-1 or 7-2. I remember... I remember bumping into the boy who played, which is his name. Uh, I went off a memory for names here. And, uh, I met him in Spain anyway. And he says, Davey White, after he got sacked for Rangers, went to Dundee. And he says, I, I try to do something in the penalty box. At half time, he tore into me and he says, Do you think you're Dave Smith? Try to dribble in the box. He <laughs> <laughs> right. tore lumps out of me. I'm dribbling the box. Well, no, you, weren't, you weren't that bad at Dave, though, I'll tell you. Well, what. I, I, see, I remember when I was uh, running a, a young boys team up in Bankery, and the son was playing, and he kicked the ball into Dutch. And they're all clapping. Well, there wasn't many people there, half a dozen, maybe maybe ten. But they were clapping. I says, and he looked at me and he seen me pulling a face. And what she said, I says, name a footballer to keep the ball in the park, not to kick him out. I mean, you go to be Ibrox now, and the fullback kicks the ball into touch, and a crowd clap. I said, what's all that about? You don't have to take the ball out, you keep the ball in the park. Oh, there's times I suppose you, you should, but I hadn't found it yet, like the times you should kick it out. I think you should keep the ball in the rectangle and play, play, play. But that's my, the way I play anyway, but there you go. So you mentioned well, about your, your um, European Cup winners, uh, Cup winning side of 72. Um, also at Rangers, you won the League Cup and the Scottish Cup. Where would they rank um, in terms of your biggest achievements from a playing perspective? I only won the Cup Winners' Cup Rangers. I was injured for the League Cup when Derek Johnson scored against Celtic. I was injured, I didn't play. And I played right up into the final when we won it in 73. But I didn't play in the final, I was substitute. And, uh, and Jock Wallace before the game said to me, I'm not playing you the day, Dave, but I'm making you substitute. 
I says, big deal. And left at that. But uh, you see, Jock Wallace, you can't argue with big Jock because um, the way he wanted to play football was not the way I wanted to play football. And I remember they'd sing Tom Forsyth in 72, I think, a four one a cup one or stuff. But in the 72, 73 season, after about half a dozen games, when Jock was supposedly the manager, I mean, he was the manager. I mean, I got on well with Jock uh, as a person. In football terms, he wasn't the type I would, I would want to play for. But anyway, he came to me after six games and he said, Hey, you want to move into midfield? Because Tom Forsyth kind of played there. I said, I could have told you Tom kind of played. <laughs> as long as I'm playing, I don't mind where I play. So I moved into midfield. So after a few games, he came to me and he says, Dave, you have to start kicking people. I held up my hands and I says, Jock, if you want somebody to kick people, get somebody else. Just don't pick me. So I think we were playing Dundee at Highbrooks on Saturday. So he didn't pick me. So after the game, I'm in the boot room. I'm standing there and Jock comes in. He looks at me. And I sort of smiled and, and he swung a punch. I just moved back and I said, oh, you've got to be quick on that joke. Because <laughs> they got beat 3-1. But as I say, I got on very, very well with Jock as a person. And uh, even after, I mean, we had arguments, we had arguments with Wardle, but we still got on well. I mean, it's, it's people, you know. I used to come into training with Jock every day, but there was never any arguments in the way in or anything. But as far as football was concerned, and as I say, you can't argue because Jock won a league that year. Uh, the following year, not that year, but following year. So, when you played, Dave, they really should have had two footballs on the park, right? One for the game and one for you just to play keep up away, you know, just to yeah, keep that's, that's, Hey, that, that would have been great for you. I'll tell you, the thing about that, you can see, when I was at Aberdeen, I used to get the ball all the time. Oh. When I went to Rangers, things changed because other players wanted the ball. No, it took me a, it took me a year before I got him to give me the ball at the time. Because <laughs> I believe it or not, I was quite shy when I played. I, I didn't put myself forward. I, I was quite shy. You know, if I had something to say, I would say it. But uh, I wasn't. A, I wasn't. A, I don't know how you put it, but uh, I was quite shy actually. You know. But there you go. How was it playing for Scotland? <laughs> Who was it? <laughs> well, we went down to the park. It was the first all Scottish team, right, all Scottish league players playing in Scotland against okay. Holland at Hamden. And I think everybody thought, oh, I'm just going to the park and we'll win. And we got hammered. I think it was 3 nothing, And the goals were you know, 40 yards, a couple of them. The winger and that. But, uh, Oh no, we got hammered. But anyway, that was the end of that. But we played the following year in Amsterdam and uh, it was a no-scoring draw and big George McLean was playing. We were in tour in Denmark at the time. We we flew down, the Rangers players flew down to Copenhagen uh, to play. And I forget, was it Bobby Brown was the manager? Or John Prentice? I forget who the manager was, but anyway, it was a no-scoring draw and big dandy, as I say, Miss a lot of, he missed a lot of goals, and uh, we must have been sixty-seven, early sixty-seven. 
before we played Berwick anyway, because George was still at Rangers, I think. After the game, we're all sitting having our breakfast the next morning. Big George says to the boss, "Right, boss, when's our next game?" And he ended kicked the ball, George. But that was George all over. <laughs> you know, so. No, it, the thing was. When you played for Scotland, it was a bit clicky, to be quite honest with you, because you had Celtic and Rangers players. I remember when I was at Aberdeen playing for the league team, and uh, yeah, you wouldn't get a kick of the ball because the Rangers players would pass the Rangers players, and the Celtic players would pass the Celtic players. And you were piggy in the middle, if you like. You know. How many caps did you get, Dave? I only had two caps. Two. But you see, I try to laugh at today because you get players who've got 40, 50 caps or 30, 40 caps. And then in my day, they wouldn't have got a cap because there's a lot of good players playing. I, I never complained I only got two caps. I mean, I would have complained my brother never got a cap. But you see, there were so many good players that they were special, you know, so. Do you think you it's it. diluted now because of the amount of fixtures that, or international fixtures that there are? Well, obviously, I mean, uh, there used to only be more or less four, four of the home internationals, the three, then you have a couple of friendlies maybe, but uh, now, I mean, what is there? can be 20 games in the international games, you know. So, but uh, in this idea that players don't want to play for their country, and like say, Brown is Celtic, and I'm no picking them Brown is Celtic because uh, Brown is Celtic, but I always maintain that People, players kind of come out and say, oh, I don't want to play. Uh, I'm retiring from playing for Scotland. To me, if I was a manager, my reply to that would be, you go away until you're asked if you're going to be to play. Nobody should be able to pick and choose who, when they're going to play. You wait until you're asked if you're going to play. You know. So I don't believe in this players saying, I'm retiring from international football and that. I've retired now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to play anymore. No, you're not? Nah. Maybe, maybe retired from international football. Ah, well. R- rumour has it that one of the dinner ladies at Hamden Park got a cap. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'll tell you something. If you turn up, you'll get a cap, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, there's some good players uh, playing as well. Uh, oh. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of players that, well, they're no good enough to play for Scotland. But, but then again, what have we got? And I put that, I put that down now. They say, oh, there's no youngsters coming through. And okay, I mean, when I was a kid, all we did was play football, and you played in the street and everything else. But you never get coached. And now they're coaching them for five, six, seven, right up. And what are the coaches doing in the hall? We're coaching football out of players. What they're doing is they're getting everybody to look the same. Everybody can run, everybody can pass the ball, but nobody can beat a man. You know, they're making, instead of having, if you've got 10 boys, you pick 10 boys out of school. So you want to get 10 boys that can play football. But you maybe get one or two. But what, what do most coaches do? They want the 10 boys to be all the same. Can I do Can I do you find that at a elite level now, eh? That they're all athletes before they're football players. That's because it's co-shooting them. They're not allowed to play. 
This is, a, I think, you know, a real contentious thing for me because I'm involved in a lot of schools, football and stuff like that, and the selection of boys for the Scotland under-18 team and stuff like that. Nobody nowadays wants to play wide. Right, it, nobody wants you see when, when you get the, the teams, the, the names coming in from the schools, and that is centre midfield, striker, defender. Nobody wants to play wide now, and it's a dying art. What do spectators want to see? They want to see people going to the line, get crosses into the ball, you know, and attacking the head and all that kind of stuff. And it's not, they're not allowed to dribble now. You go up to the Hibs ground, you know, where I stay in that, and you watch them play. If anybody tries to take anybody in, the coach is giving them pelters, right? Yeah. And you're right what you're saying, the, the, the Tanner ball players are, you know, no, no longer. You learn that up the park on a Sunday. You're speaking about wingers as well. Well, Wales Rangers spent seven million support world, didn't they? I'm pretty sure they didn't spend that, but in Kent. Uh -huh. What do you get? The fullback plays in front of him. <laughs> so how, how can he go? I mean, you don't see anybody, and I mean anybody, going to the byline and cutting it back. You, you don't get that now, you know. No, people would pay money to go and see you play, Dave, because you added that certain, you know, uniqueness about keeping the ball and dribbling, beating a player and all that kind of stuff, you know. But, you pay uh, money to see that. It's, and now you see, boy, you see boys, they keep possession of the ball, they get the ball in the halfway line, and then they pass it back to their own goalie. <laughs> well, but the other thing <laughs> against... You, you watch Rangers playing. The goalkeeper kicks it out to Goldston at goal kicks. Now, Goldston can't even pass the ball. So why would you give it to him? And they give it to Goldston every time. Now, there's a space of 30 yards. Will he go into that with the ball? Will he drive forward into the 30? I mean, as soon as you get the ball, you know, there's a space. You drive at somebody and bring him towards you. But they don't do that. Then he has the ball. Where's the ball go next? He passes across the park to Caddick or whoever's playing with him. Where does he put it? He puts it out to Borisic. Where does he put it? Back to Golston. Golston out to Tavernier. That's how they play all the time. And Dave, the me, you, win. me, you and Hainsey could play in a back three nowadays because that's all they do is a basketball square. Uh, that's all they do. In the kind well, of basketball you would be forward. Hainsey, honest, playing at the back, what the player you would be? Oh, you, you've got to drive forward and commit the other team to come to you, but they don't do that. You know, they honestly don't. And the, the raver with Tavernier, but Tavernier goes up the wing. He kind of cross the ball. He hits the first man every time. Well, I'm saying every time. Not every time, but uh, a good 80% of the time he hits the front man. If he doesn't hit the front man, he goes away for a throw in at the other side. But, uh, no, it's, I mean, it's difficult right enough because... Teams come to Ibrox and they, they just line up not to get beat, which is fair enough. Unless you score in the first half hour, you'll be up against it, you know. So, yeah. uh, what happens is you, the, people go in these SFA coaching courses, right? And what happens is they all come back with this idea that you've got to keep possession of the ball, then I give it away and everything like that. The dribbling thing doesn't come into the equation. Kids, and they're not allowed to do that now. And it's, it's, a, it's a dying art. It's lost. Well, I think Ian... Basically, when they started this coaching certificates and that, that's when everything went wrong. You see, he didn't knock. Uh, there's a lot of youth team, or call them coaches, manager, or whatever you want. Now, they now without them, you wouldn't have the boys playing. 
I understand that. You need people to run the teams. But again, I mean, going back to when I was running the young boys at Bounty, I, I was running them. I was there just to supervise how they arrived there, how they left there. Know how they played on the park. I was up to the sales of the played. But I remember we were playing at Inverdee in Aberdeen. Now Aberdeen in Bankry, the boys in Bankry were too, well, too polite, if you like. The boys in Aberdeen were rough. So there was no way they were going to win. But I remember this boy was kicking lumps out of people. So I went round to the boy and I says, uh, you know, think you should have a word with your, your player there. He says, you want to fight? <laughs> I just walked away, you know. That's the, the attitude you're coming against. See, a lot of the coaches are there, not for the boys. As I say, you do need people to look after the boys. But a lot of the coaches are there for the glory for themselves. There's no interest in the boys, really. They want to say, oh, I, I was the manager of a coach. I won this, I won that. Not about playing, you know. It annoys me, you know, so. Club 1881 is your opportunity to be part of a community of Dream Team supporters, helping to transform the club's financial fortunes. For just £18.81 per month, you can help your club become a more sustainable one, safeguarding the future of Berwick Rangers Football Club and building a solid foundation for the club to target future success from. Club 1881 members receive access to exclusive JERS content ranging from podcasts to videos, player interviews to meet the management team sessions, newsletters to club shop sales and more. And if that wasn't enough, all Club 1881 members will gain free admission to all home Lowland League fixtures where they might even scoop a £200 jackpot through the bond scheme number also included in their membership fee. To become a Club 1881 member today, simply head to berwickrangers.com slash shop slash club 1881. One team, your team, dream team. You started your, your coaching career at, at Arbroath and joining as a player coach um, following from leaving Rangers. Uh, and then you had spells in, in South Africa um, and playing in America with, with Seattle Sounders and, and LA Aztecs. Um, during that time in America, um, you played alongside George Best. Uh-huh. How would he compare to the best players that you've played alongside? I would say he would be up there, maybe probably the best. Yeah. But, but, was he that good? But, uh, he was that good because George, for the size of him, could tackle, he could run, he could beat men, he was good in the air, and he could pass the ball. To me, you up where we, anybody. And when he was in America, he wasn't drinking. I seen a photograph of him. He was in America before I got there. And there was a photograph of him. And he was fat as anything. But when I was there, he, he trained himself. And I say he trained himself because he was an American trainer. And you please yourself what you did. So if you didn't want to train, you wouldn't train. And, but George had obviously buckled down and got himself fit. George was very fit, and you see, to give you an instance, the aspects you see when you were playing, George often looked bad because the players we'll call them lesser players, well, not lesser players, but you would give him a ball when they shouldn't have. As soon as he got the ball, all they were thinking is, 
give it to George, give it to George, even though George was in a position to get the ball. And it made him look bad at times. But uh, as I say, at other times, he looked really good, you know. Well, he was good, no doubt about that. And he played against you as well when he was at Berwick, didn't he, for, for Hibs? Um, well, that's, I, I remember playing against Hibs and uh, Davy Moyes trying to kick him. And I was saying to Dave, <laughs> what are you trying to do? She says, I'm trying to get him off. I says, you don't try to get George off. I says, leave him on. We're playing 10 men as long as he's on the park. <laughs> George wasn't playing then. You know, he was turning up, but he wasn't playing. You know, okay, if you go to the ball his feet, you could maybe cause a bit of danger. Occasionally, but not very often. George was a spent force when he went to him. Yeah. But the money he was getting, you know, people say, oh, he's got a lot of money, even though he couldn't play. That's fair enough, because what was the attendance at Hibs when he was playing? They were a lot higher. They were probably getting 5,000 more than he normally would have because he was playing. So, but on the park, he wasn't an asset to them. No. Was Pelly still playing in America when you were there, Dave? Uh, he was at New York, but I never played against him because they played in sections as well. Uh, we never played New York. Pelly wasn't as good a player as George Best because George Best could have played fullback, centre half. He could have played anywhere, George. But Pelly was an out and out goal scorer, you know, a bit like Messi. Messi was a better player than Pelly, I would think, uh, football wise. But uh, they do the same sort of work. If you watch Messi, he doesn't do a lot of work physically. He strolls about, but he strolls into positions where he can get the ball. Then when he's got the ball, it's a different ball game altogether. How did he move to Berwick come about in 76 as player manager? Well, I'd come back from America and I still had a contract in America because uh, I was supposed to go out there for another couple of years, but I was home in the summer and uh, I was actually training with Fergie at St Mirren when I came back and uh, I was going to play for Fergie's reserves in one game I, just after I came back but I had no international clearance so I couldn't play so then I got a phone call to come down to Berwick to, for an interview so that was how it came about mm-hmm. I can remember your first game, Dave. Oh, <clears throat> you appeared and you came out with these white boots on and all the boys oh, are looking, you know, and oh. they're on the elbowing each other, say, what about, the, what about the boots? What about the boots, say? First it's only time boots I've ever seen white boots, right? Oh, well, I'll tell you, the white boots. The and then white when they saw you play, Dave, that changed the whole thing. When they saw oh, you the, play. The white boots had orange stripes. Because <laughs> no, because Los Angeles was white and orange. Was that their colour, eh? Oh. Uh, white and orange, aye. Brilliant. Honestly, you came in with them. Your high See, heels on. When I come down to Berwick for the interview, we're in the officials, Jim Reed's boardroom, doing at the fishing place. And um, I got, there was a phone call. And it was Charlie Cook. And he says, where are you? And I says, you know where I am. I'm in Berwick. He says, well, they sign anything. He says, Parison, Jermaine want to sign you. And I says, oh, I says, I'm not going to wait play in France. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that actually happened. I don't know how he got the number because Jim Reed came. 
when the phone rang, Jim Reid went away and came back and says, There's Charlie Cook's on the phone for you. So I went through and spoke to him. There you go. Mentioning about the, the white boots, I think you wore number 13 as well. What was the reason behind number 13? Well, for a lot of people, 13 was unlucky. <laughs> well, 13 was maybe unlucky for me as well, actually. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just wore 13. But nobody else would have wanted to wear 13. Uh, see, usually they were 1 to 11 and 12 to 14. 12 and 13. How, how old were you, Dave, when you came to Berwick? How old were you? Oh, I think I was 16 when I came and about 42 when I left. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, what have I been? I been what? Hold on, I'll tell you. 33. Mm. I'm still young, 33. Right. But having said that, you see, I remember uh, Aberdeen, for example. You were finished at 28 players. You know, Jimmy Hogg was a good left back. He was a that was his brother that played, his son that played for Hearts. It had him and Levin had a fight. That was Jimmy Hogg's son. Well, Jimmy left Aberdeen at 28. You know, if you're nearer 30, that was your finish in Scotland, more or less. No like today when they're, they're getting four-year contracts at 32, 33. You know, it's... But they are fitter, I would say. It's not because they look after themselves better. I think they're just... Well, I suppose for the time you're a child, that most families are better off and better fed. And so you're maybe stronger, but uh, they definitely last a bit longer. I don't know. I knew a guy that was 44 and he played for Berwick. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm thinking of signing for Berwick if they ask me. <laughs> I'm 77. Aye, there lies a tale. <laughs> um, I, can't you, I can't believe you knocked back Paris Saint Germain for Berwick. I know, eh? Jeez, well, jeez. you see, oh, in the days you hadn't heard of them anyway, really. I mean, it's not like the day that you ask a kid, who do you support? And they'll come away with AC Milan. No, I mean, if you'd asked a kid in, in my time, they wouldn't have even heard of AC Milan, you know. But now, you see, with the amount of coverage on the TV and that, I mean, they much, watch more foreign games than they do in English games and the do Scottish games, you know, it's... He obviously didn't like the French wine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Definitely. Obviously. Well, must have been. Was, was it like being involved in Berwick at the time? It was good. Very good. Good bunch of lads and everything else. The only thing was, you see, part-time was not the best of uh, things, but uh, you had to just get on with it. Uh, Who would you say your best signing was when you were at Berwick? I see, it's like asking who's the best player you uh, played with at Rangers and that. No, I would never answer that in, because every player has different attributes. All you ask for a player when you sign them is they do what they're good at and give you everything they've got. They come off a park. Well, if you win, they're happy. If they get beat, you're, they're disappointed. That goes without saying. But... They give you everything they are capable of doing. You didn't ask somebody to do something they're not capable of doing. 
Mind, mind you, Davey, you had some unique players there, like, you, had, you know, Moise and Pogo. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were real characters. Well, as I say, Moise did a, an awful good job. Ah, he's got but the he biggest feet I've ever seen in anybody. He did what, he did what I wouldn't do. Exactly, right. that was his game, wasn't it? He would kick his granny, probably. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Davey was a nice lad. It was, oh, that, it was daft and rough. Rough and ready, daft rough and ready. And uh, Pogo at centre forward was the same. You know, Pogo shouldn't have been playing for Berwick. No. Eric Tate shouldn't have been playing for Berwick. There's a lot of players shouldn't have been playing for Berwick. What was Ian like as a player? Ian was a good player, but I, I had to choose between Ian and, and Peter Davison. And I chose oh, right, Peter. Right. <laughs> I chose Peter. Well, uh, you know yourself, I played Peter. But uh, that's nothing against Ian because Ian was a good winger. No doubt about that. I have to but, say, David, you did my right good turn selling me to Alawa. Well, <laughs> Because I got, I got a good payoff for that one. And uh-huh. I, I remember thinking, well, if I'm going, I'm going to go and I'll just ask for something crazy. Uh-huh. I, I, say to, I say to you, no, if I'm going, I want a thousand pounds. And I got a thousand pounds. So I'm eternal, eternal grateful to you for that, Dave. But to it's say. Not, Ian, it's not that, you see. You can only pick 11 players. Oh, I know. I know. No. My philosophy would be, right, if I'm not going to be playing, no point in me coming here and training and sitting in the stand. Exactly, exactly. And yet you actually did a right good turn because when I went to Alaba, Alec Totten eventually got the job there and he was, he was a great guy. Oh, he did really well. And he turned him into a, a tenacious midfield player at 4.5, you know what I mean? Uh, who was the manager when you, you went there? What was his name again? It was Hugh, it was Hugh Wilson. Uh, Hugh. Hugh Wilson, remember Hugh Wilson? Was, funny enough, I was trying to think his first, I don't know why, why I was trying to think of his name. He was an awful nice lad, actually. He was, right. He was a good well, player. I mean, feelings I had, uh, I mean, he was a nice lad. But, uh, uh, he then got, he got the sack, though, and Alec Totten stepped in. Oh, yeah. Well, like was a nice lad as well. Aye. And can you remember the game when you when Berwick came to Alawa? You remember, can you remember the goal that was scored? A deflected shot by yours truly. No. <laughs> and we beat and we beat you one nil. Ah, really? I felt I felt very sad that day. I've got to say, you know. Oh, but you see, uh, going back to that, you see, uh, who was the other boy, the midfield player, Billy? Billy Bennett, no. Aye, Billy Bennett. Right. See, so I released Billy as well. Well, Billy was a good player. I was a good player. I was a good player. I mean, you, Peter, no, Peter Davison was a right good player, and that's why you know the club sold him to. Was it Queens well, Park he went to? Uh, Queens Park Rangers, yeah. Queens Park Rangers, you know, and that is oh, Peter was a good, and Peter was a good lad. Peter actually, he came up to Trinidad one time for a Christmas party and stayed at my house. Oh, <laughs> so I went really well with Peter. Uh, no, Peter was a nice lad. I still speak to him occasionally, but uh, the no Billy Bennett. You see, I had to think well. He's not going to get a game. Let him get a game somewhere else, and he did. Playing against Rangers, so we'll talk about the '67 game. We played Rangers again in the in the cup in '78. Um, right. Does that bring back memories from the the '67 game when you played that? Ah, well, uh, 
That was the three-two game, was it? Four-two. Yeah. Four-two. 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 Was yeah. it four? Ah, yeah. Uh, I must have been posted missing for the fourth goal. That's why I can remember it. <laughs> uh, no, I remember the uh, uh, Rangers didn't take any tickets because they wanted the game switched to uh, Ibrox. Okay. We were to switch it. Uh, I think there was a problem with the wall as well, wasn't there? We had to build a wall in order to get the, the game on. I was yeah, a little bit the number. They got Donald Trump in for that. Though. I was about 4,000, was it 4,000 something allowed or something? Yeah. Rangers wouldn't take any tickets. And uh, a lot of Rangers supporters still came. And uh, I was speaking to one before in the Ravens home before the game. And he says, if you score a goal, get a bottle of champagne for every goal. And sure enough, I got two bottles of champagne. That's the time it's got the nightclubs in Glasgow now. Or, as I say, I'm an awful one for names. So. Can you remember? Can you remember what you did before the game, Dave? No. With the, with the players, what no. you were going about doing? You had no. the bottle of sherry. You had oh, the bottle uh, of sherry, and you were oh, remember that. you, you were watching because it was a cold day, and they thought, oh, right there you go, lads, sherry for you. Let it get that doing you all. Do you you'll play well with that? There you go. Well, you see, you used to have a sherry before every game, but that goes back to Aberdeen when Jimmy Hogg used to have a sherry before every game. So, and I played in front of him. And I, see, I that's what you'll need to do, Hainsey. You'll need to start giving them a sherry in the wintertime. I, I had a manager that done that as well, yeah. And I had a, it was always the Scottish Cup, though. The Scottish uh-huh. Cup. Uh, and it was a, I can't remember if it was a sherry or a brandy or whatever it was before. And it was to put fire in your belly. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm fairly sure Yano did it. It's, um, Ibrox before they went and played Rangers. And somebody said that, eh? Yeah. So, Dave, you were the first manager to lead Berwick to a championship in 1979. Uh, it's often talked about as the best Berwick Rangers team ever. What was that experience like? Well, it was good because the boys that were in the team, as I say, I only asked them to give me what they had. I never asked them to do what they couldn't do. And for them to get some reward for the work they did. Well, what more can it, could I ask for? I mean, they never let me down in any way, you know. And uh, as I said, I was boys there that could have probably played at a higher level, but possibly because of their own attitude. Not not when they were at Berwick, but their own attitude in life, maybe. They, they didn't go higher. Dave, I, Stuart Remains was one of them, wasn't he, as well? Uh, Stuart Remains, to me, wasn't a player, you see. Uh, I don't know. Did you not like Stuart? Yeah. I didn't like it as much as he could have been better than he was. Uh-huh. He had the ability to be better than he was. And to me, he was wasting it, really. And as I say, he was a good player. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying... Can you not remember the game where we, where we went to Ibrox and they played in the driver of cup and Stuart Remains was absolutely superb that day? Uh, well, um, as I say, Stuart could play, but to me, he let his sell down. Aye, I was aye. saying they all gave everything they got. Stuart didn't always give you everything he got. And I didn't like that. Aye, attitudinally, he was the best, but he had great skill and great presence about him on the park. But he didn't give but, you... No, he didn't. No, no, no. But what ability he had. Uh, no, he's a nice lad as well, Stuart. I mean, 
I wouldn't say a bad word about him as a person, no, but uh, he, he let himself down. He didn't let me down, he let himself down, you know. Can you remember much of the um, promotion game itself away at Cowdenbeath? I wrote at Cowdenbeath, I can't remember. Billy Ling, I think, scored, did he? Or? I think Eric scored. Eric scored that. He scored as well, but I think Billy Ling, I remember Billy Ling scored, I don't know. No, I can't remember much about the game. It was a Wednesday night, I think, or Tuesday night, or some night, Monday night, I don't know. And, and do you know how we all got, we all got you know, the medals for winning the league? Uh, Right. Well, a few years ago, I got burgled and I got my medal pinched. All right. You know, and it was a, a great momento for me, you know. You I never got back. You never got back. No, never got back, no. You tell the club? No, I didn't bother. I didn't, didn't bother. Well, you should have. Were you insured? I, I, I was insured, but it was on, it was on uh, my wife's bracelet. She had one of these bracelets, you know, with all the wrinkles on it and stuff like that. And the whole bracelet went and blubbered. So we got it back on the insurance, if you know what I mean. But the sentimental value was lost. I'll get on the phone to Dennis. He'll sort you out, don't worry. He'll sort He can get everything sorted, of Dennis. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you should be able to get one, Ian. Aye, I will. Have you got one, Hainsey? Yes. Good man. 2007, was it Adam? Yeah, 2006, 2007 season it was, yeah. Well done. Good man. I'll give you a shot of mine if you want. Aye, oh, that would be very kind of you, Hainsey. <laughs> Where do you stay about? Are you going to send the burglars round? Well, I was going to send something round later on the night. And see if <laughs> you could post that in through my letterbox. <laughs> Oh, no, now you couldn't. He's going to be a bit more around the middle, I think. No, he's looking at a million dollars. Is he? Or a million lira, maybe. Um, um, he's, got, oh, he's got a big finger on his, his ankle just now. Have you seen it? He's to get, he's to get a, a wee bit surgery on it, but it can't be because of the COVID thing. It's just AJ. That's right, I know. How would you like to be in with a chance of winning £1,000 every month? If that sounds appealing to you, because it sure does to me, you need to join Berwick Rangers Supporters Club's monthly draw. For just £5 per month, you'll go into a draw with hundreds of other Dream Team supporters to win the monthly jackpot. In addition to the £1,000 prize, the Supporters Club will be donating £250 each month to a chosen local charity, with the rest of the profits from the draw going to the football club. For details on how to sign up, visit berwickrangers.com or message the supporters organisation on Facebook, Berwick Rangers Supporters Club, or on Twitter at BRFC Sup Club. Berwick Rangers Supporters Club, supporting your club and your community. Ian, what was your memories from playing in that team at that time? In that team... Well, I've not actually got a lot of memories because I was, I was in and out like a fiddler's elbow in the team. <laughs> but I do remember that, the game at Cowden Bay. You're right, Eric did score that day. And, this, and it was the supporters behind the goals were all going crazy, right? When the final whistle went, right? Everybody was running about. And in the changing room after it, it was mayhem, absolute mayhem. And I've got a big photo in the house of everybody, you know, sitting, we're all there together in the changing room. And Cowden Bay changing rooms are not the best, as you know, right, <laughs> at that time. Uh, but that's that's what I remember. And then I can remember when we all went down to Berwick and we're all standing outside 
you know, the, I don't know if it's the council offices in the main street. Town hall, town hall. Ah, the town hall, aye. And we're all standing there, and we've all got our hands up in the air like that. I don't know if you've, you've got that photo, Dave. Whatever. But, oh, uh, great memories for, for huh? the town. Definitely. Great memories. Was, it, was Eric as good as his say? As I say, Eric could have played at a higher level. Uh, but, uh, Eric, Eric could play any position. Uh, he could play. He could play in goals if you needed him. Honest. You were a coach under him as well, Ian. Were you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. The, the two of us were together at one time. Eric was unique as a manager. Unique as a manager. I remember we played Inverness Cali in a game at Berwick and we're winning 1-0 and Inverness score in the dying minutes and we've got to go back up there and it's again Saturday. So we go up on the Friday night, so we're on the bus and that and we'll have a wee chat about the game but no, no much happened. So we get out of the hotel and we get settled down, go to bed that night. I didn't say much about the game. So on the Saturday, we come down for you know wee nibble and that lunch and that and Eric says Ian can I see you up in the room and that and I thought, I thought you know we're having a bit of chat about that so we goes up the room and that and Eric's got his back to me right in the room and he turns around he says Ian what do you think the brown belt or the black belt I'm not sure which one to wear <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm saying what are you talking about belt but we're talking about the game you numpty <laughs> but you know what Eric was like he had to be just so eh? So uh, it was, it was, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. It was a good, good experience for me, you know. Uh, but I then thought, nah, I'm gonna go. You know, I need to go some somewhere else and whatever. Uh, and that's, nah, I moved on again. And what happened was, I, being a teacher, I was at a teacher's uh, where we were on strike and we we're walking down the mound in Edinburgh, and I bumped into Terry Christie, the made the bank manager. And I said, oh, how are you doing, Terry? He says, oh, Ian, how are you getting on? He says, oh, I said, oh, not that great. He says, you fancy playing for me, the bank? Come to us. He says, I'll give you 800 quid. I'm saying, right. So I phoned Eric. I says, Eric, I've got to make the bank now. Eric, and uh, I've been offered 800 quid and everything. And that was it, end of story. And I just, I left and I went to play for, for Terry, made the bank. And we had a right good team there, you know, because Murray McDermott, the goalie was playing, big... Uh, Armstrong, and we had a right good team. Right? So I played there for uh, three years, and then I, I did my knee ligaments, and that was me end the story. Well, not quite end the story. Um, you had oh, well, three spells at Berwick. Um, That's right, I did that. And your most recent one came in 1996-97 at the age of 44, where you made an 11-minute cameo. Oh, that was at Cliftonville at Alvin Rovers' ground. What happened was. Was that one of the players got stuck in traffic in Edinburgh and didn't make the game? So it's me and Michael Burgess, the sub goalie. The guy gets injured. There's about is it 10 minutes, 15 minutes ago. It's a really bad injury. It's a broken leg job, right? So the manager's looking at the bench and think, right, Smudger, you'll need to go on. So I go on. My first encounter is with Jose Cotongo, right? <laughs> up, up. Me and him, I put him right up in the air, but at the same time, I went up in the air as well, hurt my back, hobbled about for the next five or ten minutes, and then end of the game, that was it. And I could hardly, I was like, Cosimodo, I could hardly get him with my back. I'd hurt my back that bad. So, but there again, 44-year-old, right, oldest player ever to play for Berwick. Mind you, Dave could have played for longer. He could have played a lot longer. 
Uh, Jano made, made an appearance last season in a friendly account. What is Jano, 46? Oh, well done, haven't eh? It's only a friendly, though. Doesn't well, it count? It's only a friendly. Well, I don't know. If you've got the if you've got the Berwick strip, you're representing Berwick. So why not? He went he went on in a friendly Ian to play uh, sitting midfielder. He wanted to go on and just help all the young help all the young kids. He was on thirty right. seconds. He was busting into the box, scoring goals. Right, I'll be with. No, I because there's nothing stand, on him. There's no picking on him. Can he stand still? No, no, he's hyper. He's definitely hyper. Eh? So, but that's well, that was a great day. That was a great thing. Over your career, you've you played for Dundee, Aloha, Midbank Thistle, as we mentioned earlier. What would be your highlights from your playing career? I, I remember uh, one of the highlights was going down to Norwich for the, remember the Texaco Cup? That's before you uh-huh. were even born. You two were maybe born at that time. That. Uh, we went down there and Jimmy Bowen played for Norwich at that time. What a player he was, by the way. It was exceptional. Mm-hmm. So it was going down there and travelling down. But I had a sad end to it because. I actually was going to be a PE teacher and I hadn't told the manager. I was full-time at Dundee and I hadn't told the manager. And uh, when I told them, I was, that was me bombed out the window, you know. But I think it was probably my highlight, one of my highlights was we played Forfar up at Forfar, the last league game. Montrose, who could catch us to go get promoted, I'm down at Stranra, right? Now, if, if we draw or lose the game, and they even, if they lose that game, you know, they would go up. So we had to win the game to go up in the next division. So what happens is, and it's funny, it was the same goal, goalkeeper, Stuart Kennedy, that I scored the goal against Rangers. Stuart Kennedy was in goals for Rangers that day in 78. And it was the same goal that he was playing for Forfar at this, that time. And somebody just crossed the ball into the box. And I thought, I'll take a dive at that. <laughs> right? But somebody caught it on camera and they gave me the picture. They sent me this picture and you can see me diving right and the ball just hit me on the head in the top corner. And we won the, go- we won the game 1-0 to get promoted. And, and Alex Totten and Greg Abel were the two you know, managers and assistant managers at that time. And they were all running. When the final whistle went, obviously, everybody's got me up in the air and it was like that. But it was... A fluky goal, to be honest with you, you know, I've got to say, because I just happened to be in the box at the right time. But you can see me, actually, I'm in, I'm in the air in the picture. That's the funny thing. <laughs> so that was one of my highlights, definitely, getting promoted with, with Aloha. But, you know, one of the things that's really stuck in my mind, Dave will probably can relate to this, is when I first went to Ibrox with Dundee, Dundee Reserves to play, and I was playing outside right, and I was only 16 at the time, and I'm playing on the right wing, and I'm looking, before the game starts, I'm looking at the Rangers' left-hand side of the park. It's Origin Person playing left wing, right? And he's got the biggest thighs, they're about as big as yours, Hainsey, right? And he's, he's obviously had them rubbed, he can see the oil shining off them, and I'm thinking, look, wow, blanking, eh? And then it's Jim Baxter playing left half, right? And then it's uh, David Proven, ex-Scotland as well, playing left back, and I'm playing outside right. And Alec Ferguson's playing up front for Rangers as well. We get beat 4 nothing in the game, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm still still shell-shocked when I'm looking at Origin Person's side. Honestly, I thought, how can you have legs that big? I wasn't even up to his waist, you know, in terms of height, you know? 
But that's that's a memory that I will never forget. And David probably know these guys as well. Anyway, um, uh, well, I'll see person. you. Uh, I seen him not so long ago. Because uh, he, he was, he a, he was a, a Swedish international, wasn't he? Uh, he was at Dundee United originally. Was that where he was? I Dundee United. That's when Dundee United took over all Finn Dawson. Orion could play, but uh, he, he was a, a funny boy. Orion, he could hit the uh, ball. Yeah. Probably, well, you know, we've been at Berwick that, that many times and I've seen so many different managers in that time. And there was a manager, I don't know if you can remember, a guy called Walter Galbraith, right? He was the head's right. manager yeah. at one time. And what well, happened was that the Berwick chairman was talking to Don Revy and Don Revy recommended them to, to come and be the manager at Berwick. Now, he stayed in Liverpool, right? And he was commuting back and forth. And so he, he would arrive half an hour before the game, right? That was it. And he would read the team out, and then he would go away, right? So we're playing at Clyde Bank, and it's a midweek game, right? And he just arrives in time. There's about, you know, half an hour to go. And he reads the team out. And it's uh, Tommy Davison was coach at the time, and Roy McDowell was playing, right? So I'm sitting there, and they're saying to me, what's wrong here? You're not playing. I says, no. Nah. I'm not playing. So no one no read my name it. So I'm thinking, what, what? so Tommy Davidson goes to well, what what's the wee man no playing? And so they look at the team sheet, they only read out ten names. And they forgot <laughs> about me. Right? And that, that was that was that just summed Walter Galbraith up, right? And we went on, we got a draw that night, and there was a guy called remember David Cooper, the Rangers player, he was playing on the right wing for Clyde Bank that I, night. What a player he was. Oh, but we got a draw that night, and it might have just only been the ten players if Tommy Davidson hadn't spoke to to Walter. Right? <laughs> Walter was one of these guys. He wouldn't take the training, but one night we thought he's going to take the training. He's got a tracksuit on, and you know the old managers used to put a towel in there. You know they used to put a towel around there, and that. Well, it's it's a cold night, so we're out, and we all see him coming, and he comes out. And we were at Dalkeith Junior's ground, and he comes out. You know the changing rooms there, and that. And he stands, and he's, he's thinking, he's obviously thinking, nah, then he fancy it. And he just turned and walked back in again and didn't bother coming out. Never took, never took the training. So <laughs> we've had some real corkers of our managers at Berwick, I can assure you. <laughs> Definitely. And Walter you was... You were saying you were talking before um, the recording started about reading the team out, and you mentioned a story about P. Do you want to talk through nah. that? I remember P going into the changing room at Breakin to give the team talk for Breakin before we played them. I remember <laughs> <doing> that. <laughs> he got invited in to read the team out. Breakin, and in the changing room, went in, read the team out, and they like, said, right, lads, we're all going, let's do well today. And they like, came back again. Where have you been? Where have you been? Oh, I've just been reading their team out to them in the changing room. I'm That's true. Ah, oh, there's that many stories. I used to do the youth, used to hit the youth team, the under 18 team and that, and we're playing at Cowdbeath this day, and a guy gets injured, and, and, and one of the subs sees P running on and thing, and P comes back, and uh, P's going like this, rubbing his hands, and the, the wee sub says to him, what are you rubbing your hands for? He says, I get a tenner every time I go on, right? I get a tenner if I go on. If I go on. So, so later on in the game, the wee sub, he has to go on, right? And he's only on a couple of minutes, and he's doing on the ground, right? And we're thinking, what happened? So P runs on. 
And, and Pete P goes, oh, what, son, what's wrong, son? He says, it's all right, Pete. We'll go halfers on the tenner, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is true, by the way. We'll go halfers on the tenner. Pete goes, well, I said, Pete, what's wrong? And he says, oh, he didn't, he didn't want to know. But the best one ever, the best one ever, and a lot of people probably don't know this, was we played Dundee uh, United uh, in a cup game uh, on the Saturday, and we were wanting to play it uh, midweek, but we're part-time players, you know, and we have no chance, we've got injuries. So I thought, oh, what's going to happen? So P in his wisdom, doesn't tell anybody, right, in his wisdom, the referee's coming down at midday to check the park because it's been a bit frosty. So what P's done is, He's turned the hose on and accidentally, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, left the hose running on the park. The referee arrives, you know, I pee, how you doing, all right? He says, the park? Oh, it's a wee bit frosty. It's maybe, you know, the frost may be coming out in it now. And so the referee goes out, walks to the park, sludge, 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 comes back in. Now pee, now the game's going off. You're joking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He turned the hose on, put on the park. And got the game put off because we had injuries. Great guy. I'm just hoping the SFA are not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> During your time at, at Berwick, you were player, coach and, and a director at one point. Did you enjoy the, yeah. the experience of being a director? I did. I, I did. Uh, because it gave you a, a, a hindsight and, and the other aspects of how you run a team and the difficulties that, that, that clubs have, you know, the, the, because they've not got money in the bank, they're waiting on the payments from the SFA. And then, but I was in charge of the, the license thing for the youth, so you had to get that in order as well, because you wouldn't be allowed to run a team in the leagues if you didn't you know, do all the, kind of the criteria that you had to according for that. And you got money from the SFA you know, at different levels for your youth group that, that you had. So that was kind of my big responsibility, that. And, and they were always looking for you to get sponsorship, you know. And that's, that's, that's a big thing, is getting sponsorship. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what level of club you're at, whether it's Trinan or, or Berwick or Man City or whatever, it's all about money at the end of the day. It is about money. Because money gives you the opportunity to buy better players and have better players in. And, and you just need to look at the Lowland League. You know, you're completely against Kelty. You know, the guy's a multimillionaire. The boy that's backing him. He's called Bride. They've got a backer as well. You know, so at the end of the day, and that was one thing, you know, that I found out that, you know, money definitely, you know, is a big important part of running a club and having a successful club, though, you know, you've got to have a decent manager. But I like this idea about the community aspect, you know, of, of what Berwick are trying to do now. I think that's a great thing for the town, you know, and, and all aspects. And getting Warren Hawk, because he, he did a lot of that kind of stuff when he was at Morton, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so you've got a good guy there, definitely, Warren, uh, you know, and getting this idea and having ladies teams, you know, teams at all different levels and that. And if you get young kids associated with a the club, then you're hoping that maybe if they don't play football later on in life that they might come and watch Berwick play, you know. And, and that's, and so I, I like this idea of the community spirit, definitely. And that was something that I certainly tried to do with the, with the youngsters. And we actually, we, we got, we had a, a youth team that actually won the Scottish Cup. I don't know if you knew that. We had a youth team mm-hmm. at Berwick that won the Scottish Cup. Because what happened was we decided we'd put a youth team into the Juvenile League, right? And that was, that was a team that uh, Darren came out of to join Berwick. 
But they were they won the Scottish Cup and all the directors came up and it was at Arnson's ground they played the final there. And they won it so you know, we've won a Scottish Cup in Berwick Rangers colours. I don't know <laughs> if you knew that or not. I don't know if you knew that. No. no. What was it like? What what's it been like watching Darren's career? Actually, Darren was a totally like you guys are too young to know when I played that like I was a, a robust hard tackling player. No, I was you know, I was you know the biggest. The best compliment I ever got paid with played uh, paid was Alec McDonald calling me a dirty VB. Right? Now, Alec McDonald that played for Hearts, how hard was he? He was a dirty but he actually called me a dirty VB and I thought I took that really as a compliment. I did honestly that was that was how I played. But as Darren it was totally different from me as you know, like you know, he he could pick a pass out, he could get a man on a tana and you know. That's the differences between us as players and that. But yeah, it's, Dan enjoyed his time at Berwick. He loved the Berwick people and that. And he's quite—I think Dan's quite a sociable chap, if you know what I mean. And uh, wherever he went, and he went up to Brecon and played with Michael O'Neill. And it, and he says, he's, he's a great manager." He really was impressed. On, and you know, and the rest of you know his history, you know, the progression that he made. Uh, to become the national manager of you know, Ireland, whatever, you know, so he, he really liked playing up there. But Dan, well, you know, different player for me, different player for me, uh, you know. What is it that you, have you been still involved with football since um, you, you sort of left Berwick or? Um, is it yeah, I've been, I've been doing, doing the, the Scottish schools. This is the under 18 lads and what happens and. Uh, all the different regions in Scotland they play against each other in a Scottish Cup and we go to watch the games and we pick out the best players and they all get invited to go to Torrey Glen which is just at Hamden the National Football Centre and they all go there and then we, all the, the different reps like myself we all go there and we watch the games and stuff like that and you can see the young maybe the later developers coming through you know that maybe Rangers Celtic have no signed them blah blah but there's guys who are coming through at that age and eventually will become good players. Like we Declan Glass, it's playing with Dundee United, you know, he came through that route and he was he was a great player for Scottish schools. Yeah, he so, was at Cove last year as well, wasn't he? He spent time on Cove. Mm-hmm. Aye, he was at Cove, but a, a great a great player. A great player. I mean, he was exceptional. He got man of the match in a couple of internationals because you play against England, Republic, Wales, uh, on a on a tournament basis and that and he was a he was a right good player. So I did that I was finding that there was a nepotism was was coming into it, you know, and people were because what would happen is people were you know shouting for their guys from their area, you know, that wanted to get them into the team, and no really looking at it with an objective mind to say, well, no, wait a minute, no, he's not good enough, right, and whatever. But with we Declan, it was dead easy because everybody voted for him to go into the team, you know. Uh, so, but because of this nepotism thing, people wanting to get their own players from their own regions, I just says, nah, had enough, call it a day. So I'm now a spectator of football uh, and I like to go and watch young ones, whatever and that, you know, because when I was at school, I used to take school teams, took it for years, I had school teams, you know, uh, and travelled up and down all over Scotland, taking school teams in a minibus and stuff like that. So, you know, I've been there, done it and all, and all that kind of stuff now. So it's good to come and watch. And I'll, I'll certainly be down to watch uh, a few of the Berwick games, definitely. I'll be down to... So I'm not shouting at you, Hinge, though. I can assure you. Almost, <laughs> Everybody I'm, else does, so you might as well. I know. <laughs> so that's that is my that's what I'm doing just now with my football. You know. 
great stuff. Well, thank you very much to both of you for, for agreeing to come on and um, for, for telling us some of your stories. It's been really interesting. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. No, thank you, Adam, for having us. And I'll mm. see you soon, Shane's eh? Have you got any friendlies or you know get your friend, friendlies organised yet? I think there's a couple in the pipeline, but it just depends when when we can play them. I don't know if there's, right. if there's a criteria right. when we or, or a, when we can actually play them. So right. just a waiting game, eh? Yeah. And Dave, I'll see you sometime, no doubt. Thanks, no doubt. You know, you take care of yourself. It's nice to see yes, you. Yes, nice well. to hear from you. Nice to hear from you. Well. Look after yourself. Uh, yeah. uh, oh. Sometimes I go down to bed occasionally, but uh, well, oh, well, I, might see, well. I might see you down there if you're at the. Ah, oh, well, uh, I'm still friendly with the neighbours from there. They come up nice, to see nice. my wife and that, and so I've said we'll be going down to down to see them sometime. So, but, uh, and if you yeah, see Mozzie, oh, I'm always asking for. I will. I will. We'll do it. You I, see Pogo? No, Pogo stays in Edinburgh now. Does he? Yeah, well, I, I bumped into him at an airport. Where was he? Ali Candy, I think it was. Is it? Did he have his nose there. reset at that time? Because somebody bit his nose oh. off. Did you know that? This is, no, but this is what? <laughs> six, uh, <laughs> somebody bit his nose two, off. Two, this is what? Somebody bit his nose off. This would have been about eight years ago, nine years ago. Uh, I was over waiting for our house to be ready in Mark Inch, and uh, I was waiting... I was coming home, I had to come home for to sign some things for Rangers. Nah, no Rangers, people from Manchester were coming up and they wanted to send the two team. We all had to be there, it wasn't going to be. So I flew home for Alicante and in the airport I bumped into Pogo and that was the only time I've seen him. I played against him when I, I played for Falkirk, eh, Hamilton. And that was my last senior game in the leagues. Because uh, I'd promised to go up north, and uh, Pogo was playing for Falkirk, and we were playing them at Brockville with Hamilton. And after the game, I, I says the ref, "Can I have the ball?" I says, "Since when do you want that for?" I said, "I want to give to Gordon." He says, "What for?" I said, "So we can have a kick." Because he's never had a kick all year. Always say to Pogo, "You want a kick?" <laughs> but Pogo was a good player as well. Like, yeah, he was a good player. Well, he was at Hearts. Mm. Well, uh, oh, well. well, again, as I say, if it hadn't been his attitude, he could have went further as well. But uh, he didn't do it. But there you go. It'd right. be great to see you at field as well. Um, so just let one know if you if you come into a game um, and we'll mm. get something organised. All the best for the season, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I hope right. you do well. I do look for your result every week, but. Uh, I see. I think, in all honesty, we should be doing a bit better in that league. And I was surprised uh, that what I was told about players being paid in that. They should be paying you to play. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm told, and they should be doing better than they are in that league. But uh, as I say, you can only tell them. You kind of, you kind of play for them, unfortunately. Possibly yeah. line is up to them, yeah. It's up to them, I and they should have been better in that league, I would have thought. But as I say, it's easy for me. And I've seen the league, so it's easy for me to say that. I mean, it's very easy for me to say that. But uh, they've got to give you everything they've got. And see, what they don't realise is, I take it there's quite a lot of you 
so-called young boys. I say so-called because people call boys at 20 now young. Well, in my time, if you were 20, you hadn't made it if you hadn't been the first team, you know. You really have to. I mean, I remember when I, I'll hang you on for a minute. When I first went to Pitodri, us boys been there for six years and hadn't played the first team. It doesn't happen now, like, but six years getting paid full time and no being the first team and yet they were still there. Why were they keeping them? You know, it didn't make sense. And mm. it was just one or two, you maybe half a dozen playing the reserves had been there for five, six years. <laughs> and we had no chance of getting a first team game. But they were still kept on and on and on. You know. Different days, right you know. But if you've young boys there, the they realize is if they want to get higher, they've got to do it for you first, because they're with you. So it's up to themselves. So but all the best anyway. Yeah, it's Thank you very much, Dave. Yeah. All the best. Thanks, Adam. Right. See you later. Right. And thanks, everyone, for listening. A special thank you to Ian Beresford, Dennis McCleary, uh, and all the folks in the New Black and Gold Dream Facebook page um, for preparing some questions for us to ask this week. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Let BRFC podcast. If you've enjoyed the episode today, please share it with your friends, family, and followers, and we'll see you soon.